It's time for the Phenology Show. Phenology is the rhythmic biological nature of events as they relate to climate. And I guess I'll start off with some climate stuff. I mean, uh, I've got some information here. Uh, First of all, last Sunday morning, I hope you got a chance to go out and witness rhyme. Now, it's not R-H-Y-M-E rhyme. It's R-I-M-E rhyme. And we've had this discussion before, but the difference between rhyme and hoarfrost... Rime is usually fog in the atmosphere that gets deposited on the windward side of objects and is very spiky looking. That's rime. And that's what we had on Sunday morning. Orfrost is usually a sublimation. It's just moisture in the air that automatically transposes from a gaseous state to an ice state on various sundry sticks, trees, bushes, whatever. And it tends to be not nearly as spiky looking, a lot more fluffy looking and a lot more encompassing. So rhyme forms on one side, usually on the weather side, on the side that the wind is coming from. It's usually associated with fog and it is usually these long spiky needle-like structures that you see on, that we were seeing on Sunday morning. And hoarfrost would be a more even coating of dust kind of all over all sides of the branches and trees. So beautiful morning. I got out. I got some good pictures from our friend Craig Bowron. He sent along some photographs from uh, the uh, Telmunian universe, and they were gorgeous. I took several pictures myself. Um, Just the muted colors stood on my lake shore and looked in at the cattails and then the willows and then the aspens and maples behind them and all coated with this layer of rime. And it just muted all the colors. Instead of being so, you know, brightly, sharply defined, they were just kind of all sort of in this, I don't know, this kind of milky, pastel-y sort of uh, beautiful ice coating, I guess. It was it was lovely, and I, were I a better photographer, I would have shared some of it with you. While I was out looking at the rhyme on Sunday morning, I noted that the snow depth is about four inches. I walked quite a, quite a long way that morning, and there was uh, no place where I encountered any deeper snow than that, and it was in some places even less And now over uh, yesterday with the beautiful warm weather and the sunshine in the afternoon, I lost a lot of snow. I would be surprised if it's even four inches anymore. There's lots of areas where dirt is starting to show through. I totaled up all of the moisture in my uh, rain gauge going back to January 8th. There had been several small snowstorms during that period several light dustings of snow, half inch to an inch. Uh, all of that snow that we got in uh, from January 8th to present uh, totaled 12 hundredths of an inch. That's uh, an eighth of an inch of, of precipitation in that, uh, in that one or two inches of, of snow that we got all over through from the 8th to the 
27th, I think it was, that I took that reading. So it hasn't been a lot of moisture in this time of year in January, which is typical. Um, On the other hand, lots of moisture in December, probably uh, I think it was the second most uh, moisture that we've ever had. Um, Some uh, rain yesterday, there was a little bit of rain. I didn't measure it. I doubt that it accumulated more than a hundredth of an inch, but I will get uh, that out of the rain gauge before too long and and get some uh, information on that for you. Rain in January, 19 records of rain falling in January. Uh, The earliest noted rain in my records goes back to January 6th, 1987. That was a really warm spring until 2012, that was the warmest spring that I had on record. Uh, we had two rain events in 2005, but outside of that, January rain events were singular, and as I mentioned, 19 times in my 40 years of recording Januarys. So, uh, not Particularly often, but say 50% of the Januaries pretty much had uh, had some rainfall in them. Uh, the other thing that I had uh, observation-wise in this last week, um, first of all, if you're back in the woods, if you, especially if you're in a rich kind of a forest, uh, the ironwoods still holding on to their leaves. These are the younger, smaller ironwoods. Most of these ironwoods aren't any bigger around than your wrist. And they are pretty much still holding on to their leaves and will continue to do so and probably until uh, April when the new leaves kind of force the old ones off the plant. The other thing that I've noticed over the last week or two is that, well, everything is becoming more colorful, the red osier dogwoods and the willows. But there's a plant out there called mountain maple. And mountain maple has uh, red shoots on its new growth. Its old growth is sort of a pale gray, almost tending toward khaki. Um, Think of the uh, San Francisco 49ers uniforms with the brown pants and the red shirts. Uh, That's way, way more colorful than the mountain maple, but it's the same sort of a combination. You've got this light grayish brown stems leading up to these bright red stems at the top, so... Check out the mountain maples. Check out the ironwoods. Uh, they're they're at least worth looking at. Uh, if you have an aspen in your yard that has some low branches on it, keep an eye on them because I suspect that the aspen flowers will be popping anytime. And uh, some some there are always some early ones, and it's a good idea to kind of make a make an eye make a an observation and sort of keep an eye out on your on your aspens. See if they don't become, uh, if those buds don't break open and become flowers. I had uh, an experience with the bald eagles coming back to the to the nest on uh, on Sunday, and uh, this was a bit unusual. I went back into my notes and uh, looked through for bald eagle sightings. In January, and the first one that came to my mind or came to my eyes was uh, January 27th, 1988. The DNR was doing a census of bald eagles found on the Mississippi River between Minneapolis and Red Wing. Uh, 
1988, they found 105. And nowadays, they don't even bother counting anymore because there are so many that it's just, uh, it, it's not important to them to have a number on them. At, uh, at this time, they just have, uh, they, the, the bald eagles have rebounded so magnificently over the last 40 years that uh, really is a, a wonderful story. Um, January 26th in 05, they were on the nest. Uh, January um, 13th in 2010, January 26th in 2016, January 22nd in 2018, January 7th in 2022, and January 15th in 2023, and now January 27th in 2024. The eagles have come back to the nest, and on the 27th this year, uh, they were there. They came into the nest during the day, and just at sunset, I saw one eagle come, approach, and land on the nest, and I it got dark, and I couldn't tell if that eagle spent the night on the nest or if it flew off at some point, but it was coming into the nest right at sundown, and I just had to assume that that was... On its list of things to do, um, Dallas Hudson has uh, uh, net notes that in uh, in January, on January 11th, 2006, uh, the Eagles built a nest on Shingabee Lake, and they were still bringing in sticks and whatnot to the nest throughout the month of January. So uh, eagle activity has really, really, really gone up, and we are blessed to have them around. Uh, Dallas also told me a story about two trumpeter swans that came in and landed on the ice on Lake uh, Shingabee, and they started uh, doing a little bit of a courtship dance, kind of quivering their wings, bobbing their heads, the kind of things that trumpeter swans do as they try to build up a relationship. And he said two more came in, uh, but the first pair was not having it, and they ran the other two off but uh, they were definitely uh, pair bonding. And to that end, uh, 1983, uh, Carol Henderson brought the first eggs back from Alaska to begin the reintroduction of trumpeter swans into Minnesota, 1983. So 41 years ago, they began bringing trumpeter swans back to Minnesota. This year population is estimated at 65,000 trumpeter swans going up exponentially, just increasing by leaps and bounds every year. So get out and uh, if there's open water near you, there are probably some trumpeter swans hanging out in that area. I had uh, two reports of skunks, one from uh, my friend uh, Ian Walsh down in the Twin Cities and one from Nate Masakovich over in Brainerd. Uh, both of them smelled skunks in the last week, so we know that the skunks are definitely back. Uh, Ian, uh, in his note about, um, uh, he said, uh, at first the first note that, that we exchanged, he said, um, 
Speaking of my ear to the ground, the only unusual phenology report is the absence of owls this winter, or at least the sound of them. They're perennial noisemakers in the Theodore Worth Park area. I've not heard a peep hoot screech all season. And I responded that I had not seen or heard any owls until middle of last week. I I was running down the road and I ran into... um, uh, a barred owl that was sitting in the ditch probably had just attacked a, a mouse or something and had some uh, some meal there that it had pinned down under the snow and was getting ready to sort it out and probably have an, a meal. But um, Ian goes on to say, uh, I smelled a skunk during my run through Theodore Worth this evening and it reminded me to text you back. <laughs> now, isn't that funny? And I... <laughs> I would say yes, and that is funny, but uh, only between good friends. Yeah, I, I'm not at all surprised that I would be uh, come to mind at the smell of a skunk. Uh, Ian goes on to say that his his folks who live in Erie, Pennsylvania, have not had any owl activity in their e- area either. So uh, there, the owls are not really in any trouble this year. They're doing just fine. With the low snow totals and uh, and warm temperatures, they're probably happy on their home range and not moving further south. So uh, that may explain why we're not seeing very many owls down here. The crows are definitely still in the area. Normally, January is the month where they... Uh, begin to return but they never left this year or not in any significant numbers so uh check out the crows uh dallas hudson reports from uh akeley that uh, there's a red-tailed hawk in his neighborhood and uh, the crows are busy giving it the business Um, red-tailed hawks aren't really the enemy of crows but you never know it it never hurts to uh bring attention to the predator in your neighborhood, and the crows are happy to do that. The downy woodpeckers are drumming. I heard uh, the downies twice this last week, kind of a little quiet little drum, and uh, one of them was up in the tree that houses the eagle's nest, and uh, I got a chance to look at him while he pounded away on that one, and it had a pretty good sounding board for uh, for the little downy. He was doing his best to make himself sound really big. Dallas also reported tree sparrows at his house. He's got a couple that have spent the winter and five juncos that have spent the winter at his house. So there's a, a few of the juncos around. I wouldn't be surprised with the warm weather, but what we don't begin to see juncos moving back into the area from the south in the next couple of weeks, so keep an eye out for those. As always, if you have observations, comments, or questions you'd like to share with us, get in touch with me. I'd love to hear from you. I can be reached at jlatimer, J-L-A-T-I-M-E-R, at K-A-X-E dot O-R-G. Thanks. That's the Phenology Show for this week.
You can check out kaxe.org for more phonology or nature conversations. Also sign up for that Season Watch newsletter. It's written by our phonology coordinator, Charlie Mitchell.